Welcome to the Career 411 podcast. Our guest on this episode is Nikki Garcia, co-founder of Capfinity. Nikki is a powerhouse in skills-based recruitment, passionate about building diverse, equitable, and inclusive teams. Nikki has had a dynamic career which spans keynoting global workplace events to co-hosting Future Forward, a weekly LinkedIn Live series on the future of work. Uh, Nikki, I have been so looking forward to having you on uh, as a guest on the show, so I'm delighted you could find some time in your busy schedule to join us. Thank you, Manny, and likewise, very excited to be with you. You know, Nikki, we 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 often talk about um, you know how fast changing and and innovative this entire kind of recruiting you know career career support space is, and I've often often been struck by the fact that that innovation does not come from recruiting organizations nor necessarily higher education. I think it really comes from organizations such as yours which um, are capable at, uh, of looking at the gaps, looking at the needs, looking at the interests, and finding solutions. And I think, you know, the the company that you helped founded, Capfinity, is at the center of that. So perhaps for some of our listeners who may not, you know, be familiar with Capfinity, perhaps a few words about what you're doing there and, and, and what you see as some amazing opportunities for your organization. And why I'm still doing it as well. So... Yeah. Uh... So many years later. So um, Catfinity is at its heart a skills intelligence platform and it's providing for employers and indeed candidates and participants a route to be prepared from a skills perspective, to be recruited from a skills perspective, to be onboarded and developed. And we offer solutions that cover both hiring and then also talent management components like how to spot and develop potential, how to identify the skills of a leader and develop leaders. So that skills component goes the whole way across. And when we're looking at skills, we want individuals and organizations to not just identify the skill, but see if that skill is a strength. And so we are both focused on the skills that predict success, but also ensuring the people that are recruited and developed that they get to really develop those skills to the highest level. And they are things that they feel strong and they're energized to um, to deploy. And we've been um, so fortunate to have a wonderful client base that ranges from organizations like EY to the UN to um, health services and also to work with this skills-based approach globally and within educational institutions across the US and the UK. So um, the reason why I smile when I say I'm still doing it is that I'm still loving this work 18 years on. And I think right now we're probably never learning more about skills and what it means in this workplace than ever before. That, that um, it's really incredible, and two things particularly resonate with me: that the fact that Caffini has a very global perspective, and I think that's incredibly important as we think about talent and as we think about um, you, you, the, the way we think about hiring. Um, I think it's it's very important to keep that kind of perspective. I'm also just fascinated with the way that you're linking skills and strengths. 
and and combining them, um, you know, from a con- in a contextual way to really get a deeper understanding. I think that has the potential to be so incredibly powerful uh, today. So, um, you know, I'm delighted uh, to hear more about that work and to see it to uh, continue to develop. Um, let's talk a little bit from your vantage point, right at the center of, of some of the things that are happening. What do you see as some of the most significant changes or trends in what's happening now in the, you know, in the recruiting and hiring space? I think there's two things that um, are really important right now, and they've been growing in momentum for a number of years. And I think the first one is this appreciation, particularly in North America, that actually past experience and academic achievement, I'm sorry, Manny, um, aren't the sole predictor of future success. Now, clearly there are some roles where they're critical, but there is a appreciation by organizations, and I would say educational institutions, that actually understanding the human and behavioral skills of an individual is really critical to future-proof talent pipelines for organizations. And some of that was driven by COVID when um, education for many individuals was, was varied and not the same. And so organizations had to not just look at things like GPA, but look for the more behavioral components that then you might be able to teach and train the skills needed for the role. So that's been a big change and that's given a lot of momentum to skills-based hiring, particularly for a um, intern and graduate population. And then the second thing um, that I find fascinating as an um, organizational psychologist is that the dynamic between the candidate and the recruiter has really evolved. And right now, particularly in the US and the UK, we have got increasing legislation around how recruitment's done, and particularly in relation to the use of artificial intelligence or automated decision-making. And there's an increase in state-by-state law to govern recruiters and organizations. But that dynamic for the candidate is one where they've never had more access to AI. So they've got things like ChatGPT, they're able to even have somebody else take a recruitment process for them, Um, I have recruiters who are surprised by the candidate who joins on day one because it wasn't the candidate that they interviewed. (laughs) And um, and so that dynamic is 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 very real. And it's at um, two kind of polar opposites of the scale. And that's a really interesting time to be putting recruitment processes in because the two groups have very different kind of power bases right now. I, I think that's really so relevant. We see it in so many places now, right? What what are the implications of AI? How genuine is a candidate? How much, you know, um, can we tease out what is the person from um, what is the person's ability to leverage AI to present themselves? You know, we're certainly seeing in, in, that in higher education as well, as we're yeah. thinking about simple things like taking exams. So the, you know, I, I suspect we're going to see a shift back to in-classroom paper and pencil exams simply uh, as a simple way to kind of be able to, you know, really focus on the individual's knowledge as opposed to the individual aided by AI's knowledge. And, and we will see some of those practices. Um, I, I gave a talk recently, and actually I think 
organizations can learn so much from educational institutions because you've been navigating plagiarism for a lot longer than organizations have been navigating potentially candidates cheating. And one of the things I think organizations like Harvard have done well is you've been clear on actually when does preparation move into plagiarism and organizations don't particularly want candidates to use things like ChatGPT, but they're not necessarily stating what's the difference between preparation and candidate cheating. So I think there is a lot to learn from guidelines that educational institutions have already put in place. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think Harvard has, uh, as an example, has, I think, really been at the forefront of thinking about that, both uh, inside and outside the classroom. And I suspect as more institutions give deeper thought to this and, and kind of move past the initial shock, if you will, of exactly. you know of how to accommodate and how to adjust, um, I, I think we're all going to wind up in very good places. Let's dig a little bit deeper, if we can, on the on, on the comments you made about the skills-based approach. You know, what do you see happening there, or how have you described how that's changed recently, and perhaps where it might ultimately be going? I think one of the things from a skills-based approach is um, organizations are increasingly asking themselves what are the behaviors, what are the skills, particularly the human skills that are needed to help our organization to be as strong as it needs to be as we go forward. And I talked about the dynamic between kind of candidate and recruiter. We have a new dynamic in organizations between digitalization, technology, AI, and the human. And the, I think organizations, particularly for early career jobs, are asking themselves, these roles are going to change in the next five years. What are the skills that we need in order to um, really perform well in this job, in this organization? And some aspects of that role can be done by a machine, can be done by a computer, but where can the human, where can the candidate make its greatest contribution? And so that has really driven more and more organizations to want to call out the behavioral skills that are complementary to that interaction with the technology. In in combination with that, there's also, I think, particularly when we think about hiring kind of interns and individuals who've graduated, we also want to think about the agility that we might be asking them to offer our organizations. And as we move forward, we're going to need to have individuals that aren't just qualified to perform the job that they've been recruited for today, but we need to know that they've got things like the flexibility, the learning agility, the capacity to cope with ambiguity, the desire to maybe take a lateral move that wasn't the job they were recruited for in order to be able to support our organizations as they adapt and evolve in the coming years. And so it's a it's an incredibly dynamic place to be bringing skills-based hiring in right now because you've got to understand, yes, the job that we're going to do in the next 12 months, but not to have a talent pipeline that's not going to be able to adapt for how your organization and that job's going to evolve in the next five years. And so whilst at Catfinity, we have we have things like the skills that build skills, which is a framework we built with um, an organization called GTI that specializes in university and, and um, uh, graduate careers. 
But we also have to be able to say, okay, so that might be a foundational framework, but if I was going to hire for your um, for your discipline at Harvard, actually, how is that role going to change in the next five years? And is how your organization different to roles that might be needed at MIT? So it's, it's a very um, kind of specialist time, and it's not the case that we can just put in one skills-based framework and then we're done. It's understanding the foundation, but also then being prepared to have some flexibility and dynamism in actually these frameworks, these skills are going to evolve as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, among the implications of, for organizations who are um, you know, moving to this model, this approach, um, what are the implications for, for candidates um, uh, today? Is there a kind of playbook? Is there a way that candidates should best prepare for, you know, a, a, what appears to be a, a very different kind of recruiting and assessment process? I think, I think the very first thing for, for candidates, and, and I don't think this is necessarily possible to do without some support from career services or informed individuals, but we need candidates to truly believe that they have a range of skills, which we know categorically they do, that are not just about telling the organization that they might be applying for about their degree, what they've studied. Organizations really want candidates to talk about what they're doing outside of work, how they've gone about preparing for a task. It might be something that they do, that that might be a, a spiritual activity. Organizations really want to hear that range of skills, the collaboration, the relationship building, the strategy, the project management. And I think the the leap of faith for the candidate right now is sometimes the research is suggesting they're not that skills confident. And so we need to try and increase this confidence in the range of skills that they have that might extend beyond what they've done in their educational environments. That's not to say they haven't picked skills up by studying. They absolutely will have, but they've picked skills up through so many other activities as well. So that I think is really critical. There are then systems, we have one at Liberty Mutual right now, um, a pre-skilling system that allows preparation to happen for the candidate so they can go on, they can prepare for recruitment, they can learn about foundational skills. There are lots of those things out there, both sat on organizations, career pages, but also within educational institutions that have got platforms. And I'd really the psychologist in me would want to urge students, it's very much like a sport. The more you prepare Mm. yourself for going through a process, familiarity alone is going to increase and that will make you better and increase your chances of doing well. And it's really getting into that kind of preparation mindset and getting more comfortable talking about your skills and not worrying whether they're from a job or internship experience. They could be from anywhere but that confidence piece is also very key. Yeah, I think that um, in in working with candidates at all levels, it's clear that um, many understand that they have skills, um, but often not how broad those skills are and not how diverse very often those skills are. So I think that's that's one real opportunity for uh, you know us in the higher education community 
to think about how to help candidates think broadly about that. Um, I also think that it sounds like as more and more organizations focus on the skills that relate to particular roles, uh, not only near-term, long-term, that consequently candidates are going to have to be more attuned to understanding, to looking beyond the job descriptions as they continue to evolve and read into the various assessment processes what that might mean. And I think lastly, and this might be one of the one of the biggest challenges I think all candidates have is how do you how do you combine those perspectives, the kind of internal, this is who I am, um, and this is what that role requires for near-term and long-term success. And then how do I tell that story about myself? Yeah. So I think there's there's a wealth of opportunities for um, us collectively to think more about how do we really help candidates develop that storytelling ability, that ability to, you know, be articulate about their own skills and to relate them to what's necessary for the role. I think you're absolutely right. And I think alongside this skills agenda, there is also recruiters still want to know about attitude. They still want to know about motivation and they really want these skills to be the authentic skills, not just I'm going to have to try to have all these things in order to get this role. And I think if if a student or um, a job changer is looking at a role and actually they're getting a guttural reaction that some of those things are not me, there's every chance that that's not going to be right for them. And I think there is a there's an honesty when you start to review not just the job descriptions, but the career pages A lot of organizations will put their skills frameworks, their competency frameworks online now. I'd urge people to really look at them. And if there is, you know, not a genuine sense of this is for me, then I would definitely look at other roles because at (laughs) some point that will come out. Um, And it's not to say that we're a perfect fit for every job we apply for. That's absolutely not the case. But if you see something and actually it feels too much of a stretch, then the chances are even if you were offered the role, you won't love it in time. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important point. I, I think that sometimes uh, if if there is a critique about a skills-based approach, um, I think it's twofold. Uh, one, that can you really deconstruct a person uh, or a role uh, in, into these really granular kind of pieces? And, and secondly, you know um, – is the whole greater than the sum of its parts argument, right? And and yeah. so I think you're, you're the, the the nuance and sensitive way that you you're alluding to that is terribly important because I think at the end of the day there is always a little something else, right? Beyond you know the, an alignment of of particular boxes uh, with the candidate in the role. So I, and I think that um, kind of um, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts may actually be that kind of secret sauce in this yeah. process. I completely agree. So tell me, Nikki, how, how are you seeing organizations, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, assessing the, the impact, the outcomes, the advantages of, of these kinds of emerging processes? Is it, do, do you see a, a kind of shift in the way organizations are thinking about, you know, assessing the effectiveness of this? Yeah, and I think that, organizations right now, um, you know, budgets are limited. If they're going to make any evolution to change a process, bring in a product, then the the ROI is very important to them. 
And that return on investment isn't always just about um, could, could be efficiency, could be money saving, but it's also um, increasingly about diversifying a talent pipeline, um, finding a different pool of talent in places they might not have looked before. So we we've got a we've been tracking this performance data for for many years. I think some of the um, the really interesting bits of data I can share with you is where people have um, organizations have taken skills based approaches into some of those harder to fill. Um, early career roles such as technology, such as coding, rather than just go in with, I need this discipline, I need these technical skills, they've gone in with a behavioral lens and looked for things like curiosity, problem solving. And in doing so, the uptake of individuals recruited into those roles and who've gone on to then perform this successfully, they've seen an increase in 20% more neurodivergent candidates, 30% more black heritage candidates, 10% more female candidates. So even in quite challenging roles, we're able to um, really see this increase from a diversity perspective. If I look at then something like law, um, in the US right now, we support a US-based law firm who recruits globally, but specifically in North America, where on-campus interview is traditionally a large part of the kind of law recruitment process. This organization is now able to not solely rely on that, is able to bring in a much broader pool of talent by doing online skills-based hiring. And we can already now start to see the results of those individuals also performing in role. So it's both the diversification of the pipeline and that once individuals are in, ensuring that the, the results are delivered. And those results can be things like um, chargeable hours in the case of law. It could be um, pace to take on. Um, training when we work in things like call centers and more kind of operational environments. And then when we look at kind of longer term careers within something like accountancy, it will be kind of passing industry led exams. So this ROI data is uh, complex in nature, but we can see that these skills based approaches are starting to really deliver the results that organizations are, are, are needing them for. And and I I would imagine certainly some of the you know older kinds of metrics, uh, for example, uh, you know uh, the service time, um, movement through the organization in terms of promotion, bonuses, uh, other kinds of internal recognitions and rewards are you know uh, again a little bit more traditional kinds of metrics but could be added to these others to you know, paint that, that complete picture. I'm particularly taken with the data that you shared um, with regard to the impact and for populations um, that often have been marginalized or excluded as a result of you know, some of the, the more traditional kind of processes. And I think that might be one of the most exciting things of all. You know, the kind of holy grail of hiring has been eliminating biases, uh, really focusing in on what's essential to the role and really focusing in on what does the candidate have to offer that aligns to that role. But I, I think as you, as you indicated earlier, not just for today, but for tomorrow. 
Um, and I think this is incredibly important, you know, despite the, the pushback that we are seeing about diversity, equity, and inclusion activities, um, the vast majority of organizations are committed to the best possible workforce, wherever that might be. And, and so I think that we should all take, uh, you know, some positive energy and hopefulness when we see the work that, you know, that uh, you're doing at Capfinity and the implications it has, not only just for the effectiveness of organizations, but ultimately at the end of the day, the candidate experience the candidate um, effectiveness in aligning with the most appropriate roles and ultimately their, you know, their career success. So I think all of that's incredibly exciting. So from, from your vantage point, uh, Nikki, what would you share? What, what do you think recruiting organizations and um, I I think organizations like career services um, units that are supporting candidates, preparing and supporting what are the kinds of things that you would really love to say to them to say, this is what you need to know, this is what you need to focus on? I think one of the things I would probably go back to is this piece around skills confidence and helping people to be able to verbalize. And I think about this many, we did a piece of work with full block and, and veteran candidates as well, really similar challenge, which is being able to verbalize the things that you have achieved and have been involved in and telling your story from a skills perspective so that you can just highlight your team building, your project management, your organizational skills, where you've resolved something, where you've demonstrated integrity. And it it really helps people to be able to kind of understand that you you mentioned kind of greater than the sum of the parts that they're they're made up of so many things and actually the more we can articulate and help individuals articulate the breadth of skills that they've been demonstrating that can be um, very positive from a confidence building and and in turn when we come to then encouraging candidates to apply Rather than leveling the playing field, we talk often at Capfinity about getting everyone to have the same start and that preparation and that understanding of all of the skills that everyone can bring, that helps people then go into a process all at that same starting point. And so I think that's very key. But I also think organizations have got a part to play in sharing with career services the skills that they're looking for. Um, you know, really engaging, offering sessions, being able to be part of that journey. And where we see that happen, I think that candidates are um, so much more better prepared and that confidence is, is so much greater. I do think we all then, from a confidence perspective, we know that confident candidates are less likely to want to cheat. Um, and I think that we've got to kind of really lean into that to encourage the great AI mechanisms that are now available to be there to support preparation, but not to be there to actually take or um, be doing a live interview and then answering the questions by virtue of putting them into kind of a large language model. So we've, we've really got work to do to encourage the preparation to be supported by AI, but not the actual um, carrying out of the recruitment process. And I think one of the things that we need to make candidates aware of, and and we have this at Capfinity, is there will be mechanisms in place to spot that. And so candidate integrity will start to get flagged. And and I know it's been the case with, you know, plagiarism technology, 
we need to be letting candidates know that that will that's going to pick up great pace in the next 12 months and so there's there's a lot to help candidates prepare but also let them know how the recruitment process is going to flow and aspects of integrity detection will be in place for more and more organizations as we go forward so we need candidates to be kind of aware of that as well Nikki, this has been a, a, an amazingly insightful, uh, forward-thinking conversation, and uh, I'm sure our listeners will feel the same way. And uh, I, I just want to thank you for you know joining me on the show today, for being able to share these insights. And I think, at least for me, and I hope for many others, um, leave with a kind of sense of real um, hopefulness about the the kinds of work that is underway, the the way that the entire process is being enhanced by your efforts in working both with recruiting organizations in higher education. So, um, you know, I want to thank you again and wish you and Capfinity the very best as you continue to do this enormously impactful uh, work. And I hope we can have you on the show again. Thank you, Manny. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki.